Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. With your host, Linnea Hubbard. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Hello, and thank you for joining us once again for the Russia-Ukraine War Report. My name is David Obelt, Linnea's at the day off. I take the microphone on Sundays to do general recap and other stories. We've got a brief podcast today because, in the interest of full disclosure, I am completely exhausted from the last three weeks of coverage. We're just going to cover four topics, and all of them are going to be pretty short. We've got some housekeeping. We're going to talk about why Limon is so important, why there is so much fighting going on in that area. We're going to talk about mobilization and what Sun Tzu can teach us about that. And finally, we're going to talk about Russian tactical missile supply and the use of Iranian drones. going to kick things off with some housekeeping first. And the first thing I have to say is I have a confession. The reason I don't do the full report on Sundays is because my Slavic pronunciations are terrible. Despite my best efforts, I would never get out of the studio and complete the recording because of all of the outtakes if I attempted to do the report. Today's situation report, because so much has happened in the last 24 hours, it's public and it's available for free today. There's no sign up. There's no registration. There's no strings attached. You can visit our Patreon page, patreon.com, whack the malcontent. You can go ahead and download the September 24th, 2022 situation report. 70 pages. It was 70 pages yesterday. There's a lot going on. Next week, we're going to have our first guest interview, and we're going to be working to change the format on our Sunday show. We're going to start bringing on guests. That wouldn't have been possible without you. And I want to thank our listeners for your trust and support and your supporting of the truth because the truth matters. We are flattered to be among the top trending podcasts for the week ending September 18th. According to Chartable, you keep listening, we'll keep reporting the truth. It's been almost two weeks since Ukrainian forces reached the doorstep of Limon. And fighting is continuing around the town, but not within the town itself. Why is Limon so important for both Ukraine and Russia? Russia captured Limon on May 27th, and it was meant to be a gateway city to cross the Severski Donetsk and to have an eastern approach to Slavyansk. And we know at this point, none of that happened The Russian offensive stalled out coming south of Azum. They no longer control Azum. In reverse, Limon and then Zarichne and Torske, which are to their east, are gateway cities for Ukraine. If they are able to capture Limon, this opens up the route to Krimine, which then opens up the route to Lyschansk and Severodonetsk and unwinding the progress that Russia made in June. If they take Lyschansk, they can then repeat what Russia did in reverse, go downhill from Lyschansk, move to the southeast, into Hursk and Zolote, and start unwinding all of the territorial gains that Russia made. That's why this is so important. Ukraine 
is opting not to hit the strategic positions in Limon head on. And we have seen that this has been the preferred tactic for Ukraine going all the way back to March and the siege of Kyiv. This is why Russian forces are clinging to Drobasheva, and this is why Ukraine is working to either encircle or push those forces out, because Drobasheva will allow Ukraine to complete its encirclement of Limon. Once Limon becomes encircled, the question then becomes, will the Russian forces fight to the death, or is their morale at a place where they're going to go, this is hopeless, we surrender. And we're not sure what the answer to that question is. If we look at how Russian forces have behaved over the last seven months, we have not seen a whole lot of, we're going to fight for the death. We have seen a whole lot of, we're going to retreat. It's very clear that Russian forces have been ordered to hold the line, and up to this point, they're doing that. Another thing that we've seen in the last 36 hours is Ukraine has made significant advances across the Donetsk-Kharkiv administrative border, north of Limon and past Askil. That advance is going to reach a point where it's going to have to stop as long as Russian forces continue to hold Limon, because the further they advance in that direction, the more exposed they become. They start creating a salient where they have Russian forces to their east and the Oskil Reservoir to their west. And if Russian forces could make a breakthrough from Limon to start to advance west, then the tide gets turned. Ukraine all of a sudden finds itself in a place where their forces could become encircled. We believe that over the next seven or ten days, the main focus is going to be on Limon in this area, and we believe that Ukraine will ultimately achieve their encirclement. Twenty-three hundred years ago, Sun Tzu wrote The Art of War, and the writings remain relevant today. And one of the things that he wrote was, there is no greater danger than underestimating your opponent. There is a lot of digital ink that has been spilt, and we are guilty of spilling this digital ink about the clown show that is Russian mobilization. But the reality is, a grunt with a gun is a grunt with a gun, and Russia has a serious lack of grunts with guns. We have written this in our situation reports. We have discussed this in our podcasts. I've discussed it in great detail, and I'm not going to dive into that again. The introduction of more grunts with guns, even poorly trained grunts with guns, or of what we're hearing, completely untrained grunts with guns, even if those guns are rusty AKMs with rotted out stocks, is going to add firepower on the battlefield. I think it's very hard for people to wrap their head around the idea that a world former superpower, the second largest military in the world with one of the largest military budgets on the planet, is planning to go back to World War II attacks of, hey, you're not getting a gun. You need to go find the gun off somebody who got shot. And that is literally happening right now in the Second Army Corps, which is Luhansk People's Republic. They are sending 
force conscripts to the line, and some of them are completely unarmed. They don't even have a moisten the got bolt-action rifle to give to them. Something that my mind is just blown, as I live in the United States, I'm 2A friendly, we own guns, and I, I could go to the store tomorrow and buy 10 civilian semi-automatic AK-47s. Yes, there's paperwork, it's the way, I, I get all that, but there's nothing that stops me from doing that. And the Russian military, which made these by the metric ton over decades, is handing rusty AKMs and going, here, clean them up. And some of these weapons that they are giving these conscripts are in terrible condition. But it is very easy to watch this and go, piece of cake, got this covered. Send a few hundred Maxim machine guns from World War II up on the line, and we are just going to recreate World War II battlefields. But then that goes back to underestimating your opponent. Now, I don't believe for one minute that the general staff of the armed forces of Ukraine are going, we got this. This is easy. But I do believe that there are people in the information sphere that are looking at this and going, we got this. This is easy. We see the videos of drunks. We see the videos of fights. We see the videos of people resisting. We see the people that are being insultive and insubordinate to officers. But that's the minority. Remember, we're going to see this distorted view because these are the things that get clicks. A video of a few hundred conscripts showing up for their first day of military training and they're obedient and listening and doing what they're told isn't sexy. We're never going to see those videos. So what we see is a very distorted view. Now, that isn't to say that some of the other issues that are going on is creating almost a catastrophe within Russia. It is very hard to bring in 300,000 people and integrate them into the military. And it does appear that the Kremlin wants to integrate these troops, not in months, in weeks, and in some cases, days. There are some soldiers who three days ago were not soldiers, and they are reportedly on the front lines or on their way to the front lines. And we expected this. And anybody who didn't was underestimating their opponent. Now, in the short term, will these troops have any meaningful impact? No. But as time goes by and more and more are added, if they're just going to be throwing bodies at the front, the reality is it is going to have an impact. And Ukraine is going to have to adjust. I would caution, dear listener, do not underestimate your opponent because Russia is clearly very committed to holding the line despite the strategy itself has already failed. During the opening months of the war, which has entered its eighth month today, we saw Russia using a large quantity of short-range ballistic missiles, cruise missiles, on non-military targets, of targets of low value. They were using them to terrorize civilians. They were using them to destroy cultural sites, historical sites, learning institutions. They weren't using them to go after military targets. And they were using these weapons by the hundreds. And then what we saw 
is the number of attacks using caliber cruise missiles started going down. We started seeing less Iskandar M's happening, and we started to see KH-101, KH-102, KH-59, KH-32 land to sea. Uh, let me scratch that. Air to sea missiles being used on land targets, and these missiles, which were designed for a different era of warfare and are Cold War leftovers aren't particularly accurate when they're used against a land target. You can use them, but the guidance and the targeting systems were designed to sink ships and port infrastructure. They were not designed to blow up factories or strategic targets. And we saw the impact of this very poor accuracy with these particular weapons. And now we're not even seeing many of those being used anymore. What we're seeing is S-300 anti-aircraft missiles being used for ground attack, mostly targeted at civilian and civilian infrastructure, and the Iranian Shahid-136 loitering drones, aka kamikaze drones, uh, used against civilian and some military targets. Russia has consumed its non-strategic reserve in Ukraine. They've wiped it out. It's very clear they have because they wouldn't be going to Iran and going, hi, how you doing, Iran? We don't have any game in the loitering munitions department, and we hear you've got game and you're friendly with us. And even though we're the second largest military in the world, we would like to go ahead and buy combat drones from you. And I know I just said don't underestimate your enemy, but that's the reality of what's happened in that space. And we are seeing those drones largely being used on civilian targets. Uh, Operational Command South Headquarters was hit in Odessa on Sunday. It was hit in the very early morning. There was nobody in the building. There probably has been next to no one in that building for months because despite Russia's belief that Ukraine isn't smart enough to go, huh, we're at war. This is a high-value target. We probably don't want to be in this building anymore, so we're going to go into this underground bunker to control things because Russia's like, well, we don't think that way. I know. I know what I said a few minutes ago. I get it, but this is what we've seen for eight months. Russia hasn't run out of Iskandar-Rams. They haven't run out of caliber cruise missiles, but they have to maintain a minimum supply in case a second front opens up, in case they want to put a nuclear warhead on one of these and use them in a tactical strike. If you've watched the videos of the Iranian loitering drones flying over Odessa, there is this feel of... World War II in England and V1 buzz bombs from Germany and this the same look. And when Germany was doing this, they were not using V1 and V2s from a position of strength. It was coming from a place of weakness. They were using them as terror weapons with the goal of breaking the civilian will. And history has shown that the use of terror attacks and strategic bombing on civilians does not break civilian will. It only strengthens it, and Russia just hasn't seemed to have gotten the memo on this. They're also consuming a pretty significant number of these combat drones. We're counting about 10 to 20 a day. The word is that Russia bought up to 1,000 of these. If you're using 20 a day, 
that's 500 a month. They're going to use up their entire supply in 60 days. This isn't a limitless resource. Iran just can't build 500 of these a month. Russia's going to, if they don't change their operational tempo and don't become more selective in the targets that they use, will burn up their supply very quickly. And there's another element where you can see the desperation in this tactic. We go back to Limon. Let's go back to the beginning of this podcast where you have Russian forces in a very desperate situation. Wouldn't the use of those loitering munitions make a lot more sense there or around Bakhmut in Solidar than striking random targets in Odessa? Apparently, the Russian Ministry of Defense doesn't see it that way. I told you it was going to be a short show today, and it is. And that's the end. That's all I've got inside of me because I have to go and edit the written situation report. Quick reminder, if you didn't catch this at the beginning, situation report for today is public and it is free. There's no sign-up, no registration, no strings attached. You can visit our patron page at patreon.com, search for The Malcontent or Malcontent News, and you can download the report. It was 70 pages long. You get an idea of where our coverage comes from, how we go about and create our podcasts and information, and how we validate on what we report. Thank you so much for listening, and Linnea will be back tomorrow. And just my reminder, be good to each other. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.